Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Clifford takes it, wants to throw, waits, pump fakes, looks, rolls right, in the end zone, cut, touchdown, Penn State, the magic man, Jahan Dotson. Sean, play action fake, back to pass, steps up, waits, delivers downfield, Dotson got it at the 45, he climbed the ladder to grab that one, and the Nittany Lions move the chains. Clifford under center, lone setback, Kane. Play action, rolls right, throws. He's got Brent Strange, touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions go 91 yards and retake the lead. Motion by Schenker. They set up, punch set far side, one near side. Knicks flips it back. They want to throw it. Hudson steps up. He's got trouble. He drops the ball, and Penn State recovers. The Nittany Lions recover Derek Tangelo. He's got Strange in front of him. Clifford split to the far side. Warren up the middle. Tyler Warren leaps over the top. Touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions cash in the takeaway and have a two-score lead. Motion toward us. Sets it up near wing. Bigsby hit and dropped. What a play by Ellis Brooks. No gain. Fourth down. Wallace is in that group over there. Throws over the middle. Caught. 30. Strange 20. Far sideline. 15. 10 to the 5. And inside the 5. And take it down to the 3. First and goal in the Del Croso Sauce red zone for the Nittany Lions. Clifford waits. Takes it. Gives it to Kane. Noah Kane. Touchdown. Penn State. The Nittany Lions cross them up and take it to the house. Decimal level rising. Back goes next. Lobs far corner. Bodies go down. Incomplete. Penn State does it again. They hold. Clifford waits. Takes the snap. He will throw. He'll lob it down the near sideline for Dotson. They battle. And incomplete flag goes down. Penn State will get its 15-yard penalty. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, best in the business. Motorcycle, RV, boat, whatever it may be. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Matt Bitter after 11 points yesterday. I wouldn't call it, well, 
maybe a little bit bitter, but I'm not outraged. How about that? I'm frustrated, but I'm not outraged. Frustrated by what? Better team beat the daylights out of you. All right. Um, <laughs> frustrated over the many missed opportunities of a winnable game. But not outraged because he still saw some good things in game two under Nick Sirianni. You're one and one. All right, so um, yeah, and so and and no Brandon Graham the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah, that does stink. And that's a key part to miss in all of this. Great player, boy. I remember when he came out of Michigan. Penn State went in there one day and beat Michigan thirty-five to ten in the Big House. Graham Zug. I mean, they kept running the same play over and over again. Michigan never stopped it. But Jack and I remember we both walked out and said, man, Brandon Graham is good, man. That guy can play. And he can play. There's no getting around it. He can play. And that's a big loss. I mean, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was pivotal to them. Um Your play-by-play is Penn State hanging on. When did Penn State hang on? Well, the the, four, the I'm including the fourth and goal, and then when they and the final knockdown as time expired. You mean the one that would have made it a two-point game? Yes, but I mean, you act like this team was hanging by a thread. They won by eight. I mean, the better team won. They took the lead in the second quarter and never relented. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're watching too many Eagle games. Um, <laughs> like, they're just hanging on, coming out of the tunnel. Uh, so, yeah. It is rare when, like, for example, like the Eagle game lived up to expectation yesterday. I mean, I expected a mediocre performance, got it. You know, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's a little bit different. Uh, it's rare when you get something where there's such anticipation for something and it lives up to all of the hype and expectation. And that was Saturday. Uh, The game really played out about the way I thought it would play out in terms of, I know that we talked about a lot of guesswork when it came to Auburn. But we made the guess on the side of they got a lot of athletes and they got a lot of guys that can run and a veteran quarterback. That's where you know, we decided we would err on the, on that side of it. And that's about the way it played out. That they went out there, and I thought Auburn, for the most part, played really well. Bigsby's a big-time player. And the Hartzell kid, or excuse me, the Hunter kid, the Hunter kid, the backup, Jarquez Hunter. I mean, they allegedly claim he's a three-star guy. Are you kidding me? He is really good. And Nick's played well. You know, he did. You know, I mean, he almost made the big mistake with when on Brandon Smith, and Smith ended up being the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. But he really, except for that play, kind of stayed away from the big mistake. Now, he didn't have a great completion percentage. He only threw for 185 yards, too. 
And when I say he only threw for 185, remember, he's the guy that's, as I just mentioned to Matt, Penn State took the lead in the second quarter. They never relinquished it. So Auburn was always trying to climb uphill, and he still only threw for 185 in the game. Like, okay, it's all right. See, Penn State kept the ball in front of them the entire time. That's one of the, the key parts of playing defense. If you're not getting takeaways, do you keep the ball in front of you? And Penn State consistently kept the ball in front of them all night long, and that was a big part of what they did defensively. And offensively, I mean, Sean Clifford was 28-32, to 32, which was just... And I believe Sean did not have an incompletion in the second half. As Matt mentioned, they were hanging on. You know, quarterback no incompletion in the second half. You sure you watched the game? I, I was following through the first half while I was PAing at Bucknell, and then I saw all the second half. And they were hanging on. Okay. Wow. Okay. I must have missed something. Um, They got the tight ends involved, six catches from 130 as they were hanging on in this game. You sure you watched the game? Like any part of it? That's how Chris Fowler called it. Hanging on? Yes. You'll find out a little later. That's how we called it at the end. Well, how about if I don't even bother listening to it? Uh, all right. Um, I mean, I couldn't even say at the end it's, you know, it's winner or loser right here because Penn State couldn't lose the game in the last play. Remember, Penn State on the last play of the game could not lose the game. Right? Right. They have to the, go for two. Yeah. And if they make two, do they lose the game? No, we'll go to OT. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure everybody's got their math straighter. Uh, but a great win... A great team win. When you needed a punt from Jordan Stout, you got a punt from Jordan Stout. When you needed kickoffs from Jordan Stout, you got a kickoffs from Jordan Stout. When you needed a 16-yard punt return from Jahan Dotson, you got a 16-yard punt return from Jahan Dotson. Dotson is a thoroughly marvelous player. Auburn does not play in their secondary the way some teams do. We play a field corner, we play a boundary corner, that's how we play. So depending on where we are, where the hash mark happens to be at the time is where we put our corners. Auburn does not play by that rule in its secondary. Roger McCreary is definitely their best player in the secondary by a wide margin. He is an NFL-caliber corner. No question. He is an NFL-caliber corner. 
So what Auburn decides to do with him is, look, he's our best. We want him on your best. So if Jahan Dotson's lined up in the slot, McCreary's with him in the slot. If he's wide to the far side, he's wide to the far side, McCreary's with him. If he's wide to the near side or short side, McCreary's with him. McCreary was probably on Dotson 90% of the time on Saturday night. Dotson still caught 10 passes. He still caught 10 passes. How good are you when you are getting that kind of attention from a guy that, by the way, is a really good player? McCreary is a really good player, and Dotson still caught 10. Boy, that tells you a lot about him. And then Washington got eight, and then they got the tight ends involved. Six catches for 130 in the game. Six catches for 130. Made a big difference. I thought, you know, we always talk about feel for the game. It is something that there's no number attached to feel for the game. But feel for the game when you've been around it a long time, making a judgment on who has a feel for the game is like is like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And Jack and I have always felt that Brent Pry had a great feel for the game as a defensive coordinator. Now, after watching Mike Yurcich for three weeks... We both agree we're talking about this. Mike Yurcich has a great feel for the game. The call he makes on the goal line with Noah Kane was a phenomenal call for the touchdown. Auburn, to its credit, is expecting pass, and he crossed them up with a run. And Kane scored with ease. Phenomenal call. You know, the way they you know they mixed in the Wildcat, the pass play by Dotson. Uh, you know, they, they picked the right moments at the right time to do things, and it helps when your quarterback is having a really, really good night. So I, I think how I phrased it, James, to start the postgame show, I said, a complete win for you, offense, defense, special teams, and fans. Because the fans played a really, really big part in the game on Saturday night. There are certain elements in life that are a bucket list. If you are a great fan of sports, a great fan of sports, you probably have down the places you really want to go in your lifetime at least once. Augusta National. Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field, maybe Dodger Stadium. You want to go to Lambeau Field and see that for the first time in your life. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Churchill Downs, you know, maybe in college at Notre Dame or going to Tuscaloosa, something like that. I think anybody who loves sports, just loves sports in general, may not be a Penn State fan, just once wants to be at a Penn State whiteout football game. Penn State's now won four of their last five whiteout games. I mean, I always love when you when you when you uh are in this business, you can tell who the lazy people are. 
Penn State's eight and eight in whiteout games. Oh, for God's sakes, really? Did you do any research? In other words, in 12, 13, 14, and 15, when Penn State was down to 63 scholarships and played four whiteout games and were one and three, did you bother to think or look at that? That's why you trust media less and less these days because there's too many lazy people out there. And that includes some of the research people on TV. It's like, okay. They've won now four of their last five whiteout games. Now that James Franklin has the program replenished and back and going and talent-wise and so forth, they're winning these games. And the whiteout is not usually San Jose State. We'll come back with more in a moment. We'll talk with Mark Wogenrich as uh, Matt continues on this show to hang on by a thread on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. James, that, that sequence where they seem to take a place away from you. They seem? <laughs> what you think? Well, I'm trying to be diplomatic. You don't have to be diplomatic. So I want you to say it because I can't. took a play away from you. They, um, did you communicate with the officials? I talked to all of them. And they said what? They all agreed on the call, and so did the replay. They all agreed. Just on two. And I kept bringing them over and saying it's not accurate. Um, Emily, finish your set. I don't, I don't know what else I can tell you, but they, they all concurred, all the officials. They got the headset. They talked to each other. They all agreed. They ran it by replay. They agreed as well. I, I don't know what else I can do or what else I, I can say. So do you want me to talk about that or not? <laughs> if you want, go ahead. Well, I'll talk about it either, like after we're done with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now I'm hanging on. (laughs) I will say the officiating was not embarrassing. It was criminal. And those refs should be fined and should probably never even see a big game like that again. And the replay officials. After hearing that, much more egregious than just missing it on the field. I'll I'll explain after we're done with Mark. So it'll be a lap 10 of 4. I wasn't going to talk about it today. I just was going to just not talk about it because I didn't see any purpose in it. But I'll give you the story I gave SiriusXM this morning because they asked about it. So I said, okay. So I had a little fun with it. I'll explain what, what happened. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. Now they will take good care of your Purdy Insurance and get you the best price as well. They're the pros, pros, and insurance. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. 
We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, by the way, Penn State, Indiana will be a 7.30 kickoff, and that will be on ABC. Sort of got the indication on that Saturday that Chris and Kirk's really hinted that he said we'll probably be back in a couple weeks. Like, okay. So... Matt gets mad when I don't tell him anything, but that's because he's hanging on. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com, joins us. Sir, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Mark, uh, I opened the show by saying, you know, a lot of times you have an anticipation for something, and I always feel it's really cool when it lives up to it. Did you feel like Saturday lived up to an expectation? I thought it exceeded my expectations. Honestly, I thought that was one of the better games I've seen in a couple of years in person, and not even from necessarily an atmosphere standpoint. That certainly added to it. That had a lot of texture to it. That was just a really fun game to watch, and it was really well played. I thought they both I thought Penn State and Auburn played really strong football in, in a variety of aspects. It went back and forth. There were a lot of good players making plays between Sean Clifford and Jahan Dotson and Tank Bigsby and you know, Penn State's defense and the Auburn receivers. If you know, if the Auburn receivers don't make some of those catches, unless they have the back shoulder throw, like as right. a staple of their offense, yes, those yes. guys probably made a good half dozen catches that they had the contort twist. It was just fun football to watch, and then you had the drama of some of the officiating decisions and the <laughs> fact that <laughs> the fact that. You know, Auburn has a chance to tie that game really, you know, yeah. late in the game. And maybe one of the most unheralded plays coming out of that was Derek Tangelo's tackle. I honestly kind of even missed it at the time. I was still tuning yeah. over the leap and going, oh, he's, you know, oh, you know, I thought he ran out of, was pushed out of bounds or something. I, you know, it was Derek, made, I think James Franklin called it, called it a game saving tackle, which it may well have been. Uh, it so was. Overall, yeah, yeah overall, just absolutely, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it exceeded what I expected coming in. Yeah, Hunter hurdled uh, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tangelo, what makes it really great from the Penn State point of view is Tangelo's a defensive tackle, and he kept right. himself in the play, and he got that got there and got him out of bounds. Who was about, five, you know, he was seven or eight yards probably behind the play. Yeah. At the, at the hurdle point, so for a defensive tackle, I got to run that down and run the angle into that, and give him yeah. a chance to, to, you know, to another, you know, other red, another red zone stop, which I think was their fifth, right? Fifth out of eleven. Right. I was just looking at some numbers. That's yes. five red zone stops in right. eleven tries, and you don't want teams getting into the red zone eleven times. But when you leave them out there without a, without a point, not even a field goal, that's no points in those five times. That uh, that looms. Yeah, uh, Sean Clifford, on the other hand, did not have an incompletion in the second half. He ended up going yeah. twenty-eight to thirty-two. Look, you've seen every game of Sean's career to this point. What did you think of that performance? Oh, that was his best. I think, and to me, I don't even know. You know, numerically, I guess number two might be uh, the Maryland game when he was around eighty, eighty-five yeah. percent, and had like a really strong streak. But that was his best from a situational standpoint. From 
but that game was also, I think it was what, 59 nothing too? So there right. wasn't I mean, a whole th- lot of... This, this is uh, caliber of opponent. I mean, this yeah, is caliber of opponent. Yeah, there wasn't drama too. in there, too. He had to keep coming. So and he, they had to keep using Sean Clifford. They had to keep going back to him. Um, he had to keep running offense. They, you know, they've had some issues running the ball and sustaining drives this year, so they had to keep coming back to him. So they had to put him in situations where... Um, where it could be, well, there's that interception that we've been kind of waiting for and, and and maybe anticipating from him because of, you know, recency bias from last year, from when you look at that he had, I think, seven through those first three games. So sometimes maybe in the back of your mind that lingers. And he really, I, I don't think he really necessarily came close to it aside from, you know, the the ball where he was hit at the end of the first half and just that turned into a you know, punt, essentially. Right. But he right. moved guys around. The one thing I asked him after the game was uh, the, the, uh, Noah Kane's touchdown. He looked at the side. You don't see them doing the check with me a lot, but he looked, and it looked like they changed. They, you know, they made some sort of play change or some sort of call change, and I asked him, what'd you do there? And he said, no, I, you know, I don't change plays. <laughs> I don't do that. That's Coach Yurcich, but he changed into right. a great play. Um, he's got he's he seems has more composure to me this year. He's moving guys around and and they do a lot with his formations and a lot more motion. He's got a lot more going on than he's got to direct and he he's really doing that very capably. I think. Now we get I will get to the tight ends in a moment, but mm-hmm. one quick point about Jahan Dotson. I want to ask you about this because mm-hmm. Auburn does not play a standard. I'm the right corner, you're the left corner. Mm-hmm. They don't play the standard. I'm the boundary corner. You're the field corner. Roger McCreary moves around wherever your best guy is. And you and I both know McCreary's an NFL-level caliber corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so 90% of the time he was on Jahan Dotson. Not always, but 90%. Dotson still had 10 catches. What does that tell us about Dotson? And he had some... He had catches. He had the like the variety of catches again. Things where he was kind of scooping balls off the ground and you know, twisting his body. Um, it's always been in. It's always been in his repertoire to catch. You, you you know he was going to make the catches he's supposed to make, and in these last two years, he's making those acrobatic catches. That um, yeah, he didn't really. I don't know if he made them when he was when he was just a younger player as he was growing kind of growing into his receiving talent, but you know, James Franklin's always, you know, he, as a freshman, he, James Franklin compared him to Jerry Rice in just, I yeah. think, the hands department. And now you've got now you've got a receiver who is kind of combining some of those elements we saw with like Chris Godwin. I mean, just, you know, the body positioning and the way he's able to um, have his like catch radius, I guess, you know, in that terminology has got to be so yeah. huge for for Sean Clifford that you know Sean does not have a six four receiver really anywhere that in his you know in the stable aside from his tight ends, these guys are all you know, smaller. But John's just got a catch radius that he can almost play. He can almost kind of treat him as he's a couple inches taller because you know he's going to go. Yeah. He's going to go get the ball pretty much pretty much anywhere. And he's a threat mm-hmm. after. He's always, you know, he's more now, yeah. I think, this year, more of a threat um, with the ball in his hands afterward, which you see the, with the running of the end around and stuff like that. They're putting the ball in his hands. Right. Well, you know, you try to get the ball to your best player. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean that's I – mean, I'll never forget the story about uh, – the. you remember the game winner against Michigan State that Bobby Engram scored on? 
It was supposed yeah. to be another. Mm. It was supposed to be another play, and they called another play, and Joe mm. overruled the play, and he said, "No, whatever you call the play was supposed to go to Mike Archie," mm. and Joe overruled him and said, "I don't care what play you call, it's got to be to Bobby Ingram. Our best player is going to win or lose yeah. the game." Well, that's that's John Dotson. He's your best. You're player. starting He's to see that player. now. Yeah, you definitely are. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tight ends. Heard a lot about the tight end room. Look, there's only one ball. Okay. Well, it turns out that in the one ball, it's gone a lot to Dotson, some to Parker Washington, some to Lambert Smith. Not so much to the tight ends until Saturday night. They had six catches for 130 yards. Yep. What kind of weapons can they be moving forward? Yeah, we. I think we knew that. If you follow the program, you yes. knew that those guys, Fred Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, were going to be those weapons, particularly, I think, Strange and Theo Johnson after last year. We knew it because... Uh, big bodies, real athletic bodies. Again, a lot of, you know, they can do a lot with the ball. They catch it well. They can do a lot with it. And this was a game, I'm, you know, I'm assuming my Mike Yersich in watching this game said, okay, here's a time that we might have a uh, – we can use these guys to their advantage, especially in the middle of the field. The play, I did not realize this, I think, until I saw a clip. Afterward, the um, the Bretons, I'm pretty sure it was the Breton Strange catch, his 40 yarder, like the catch and run. He kind of yes. lined up, essentially, he was a, you know, he lined up almost as a left tackle. And they had Caden Wallace um, flanked out it almost as like a, uh, yes, a slot receiver. Right. And, that, you know, that play, that just, that field just like cleared wide open for Brenton. A really beautifully called play. So when you're going to move those guys and the way they're going to use them, um, I don't know. I forget which run play it was. I think it was maybe a Noah Kane run. That Theo Johnson just like leveled the guy. Absolutely right. leveled them. So we knew they could block. And, and if you have that, I mean, you have that opportunity. I think they had three catches. I had had three catches in the first two games for like thirty yards or something. You know, just yeah. not a lot. You know, not numerically. But if you have, well, you can concentrate them like that um, in, a, in a game plan when when you don't think that they're going when the opponent's not going to expect it. Like you said, they're going to put their best corner on Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my goodness. There's uh, now, now your numbers. Now you you know you're looking at numbers of you know five guys on the field who can catch the ball when they're playing a two-tight end set or something like that. On defense, Brandon Smith was named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, now, obviously, you know, Jack Ham when he was in college, Jack's always talked about going from the outside to the inside. Mm-hmm. And it took him a little bit. You know, He freely admits it took him a little bit to get used to the traffic pattern. This is the third game there. How much more comfortable does Brandon Smith look to you? He seems to be getting a lot more comfortable. The gradual sense, I think you notice it there. The tackle numbers, um, I thought were really good. He just seems to be, um, you know, space was, I think, an issue for him last year and having to cover and having to cover a wide swath. He just seems to be probably with his personality and his um, way he attacks the ball seems a little more comfortable there. But then that's a smaller space that he's got to operate at, too, so he's got to weed got to move around and I see a little bit more I you know, I see more of that coming in I remember Matt Millen telling me a couple of years ago they did that Brandon Smith to be their best linebacker because of his linebacker instincts so once I think he gets more into this that you know he had 10 you know he had 10 tackles and they weren't 
you know, he wasn't making kind of pile-on tackles either. I think six of them no, were no. solo. And, yeah, and he was making, you know, he was making plays that matter. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things James Franklin said is that, you know, they have guys who are making – they're making big stops. Teams are getting some of their – you know, teams are getting yards. I think Bigsby was going to get them, and he did. He's but they're getting player. stop plays in, in situations. And Brandon added to that. Absolutely. He is a Bigsby is a really good player, man. That he is was tremendous, right yeah. Woo, man, he is good. Uh, just I walked out of there. I was impressed going in. I was way more impressed when I was yeah. done. I was impressed mm-hmm. to start with. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, makes it. And not only that, I know he dropped it. We all know. We saw him juggle it. But everything Brandon yeah. <laughs> Smith did fundamentally as a linebacker. Dropping into the zone, reading mm-hmm. it, getting the ball. Every single part of it was what you teach a linebacker to do up until the party juggled it. <laughs> yeah, up until the party saw the end zone and probably yeah. got, you know, eyes bigger than the stomach kind of thing. So, you know, they're a quarter of the way through the season now. So that's three games in. Uh, they are 3 and 0 at this point. So what do we know today about Penn State football that we did not know on Friday night, September 3rd? Well, the biggest thing for me was that the defense has um, put 2020 uh, away. And, you know, I, I think they've buried the numbers of that season. They buried the tape of that season. I was just looking at it. Um, I just remember that last year giving up a lot of touchdown passes. When I look back, the numbers, 15 touchdown passes that they gave up last year. They haven't given up one yet um, this year with four interceptions. Um, that's, that, to me, is a huge difference right there. They are – I think they've gotten maybe to the offense a little faster than I thought they might. I remember it taking Joe Moorhead until that, you know, four and a half games basically or three and a half games to kind of get into the offense so they got to the second half against Minnesota and I think you know Penn State looked like they had a real handle on it last week and even going back to the second half against uh, Wisconsin starting to get that handle I, you know I feel like they I, just, I, I see more poise protecting the ball being around the ball when it's the other team is not protecting it uh, I think it, you know plus five in the turnover margin, which is enormous right now. And one guy, I don't, you know, I, I, the other number I looked at was Jordan Smith or Jordan, Jordan Stout might be their best, yes. most improved player. He was yeah. tenth in the Big Ten in putting last year. He averaged around like forty-one, forty-two yards, and yeah. now he leads Big Ten. Um, he had three three punts last year at uh, above fifty, and he's averaging that this year. Right. Um, and you and you added to his duties. You added, uh, you know, all the kicking, all, you know, all the, the place kicking duties too. Um, field goals, uh, I mean. So for him to be able to juggle that so far, juggle that workload, and to be uh, to be a, you know an extra member of the defense essentially, because you know you've got him as a backstop there on your offense. So that you know that can give uh, as you know that can give them. More confidence in being more aggressive offensively too. So I think that circle. I see, I see three phases that I didn't necessarily consider on September third. Like defensively, you don't know until you go in because they struggled last year. Offensively, you don't know where you're going to get with a new offense until you see it. You know, and special teams. There were some issues with that last year, and a lot of that has been cleaned. 
Always a pleasure, my friend. It's so great to have you on the show. Appreciate you very much. And my pleasure, Steve. Anytime. See you Saturday. See you Saturday. Mark Loganrich, SI.com, always doing great work. Yeah, a couple quick things. They're, 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 of course, you have to punt. But there are certain moments where you, quote, need your punter to deliver the punt. Wisconsin needed him to deliver the punt, did. Auburn needed him to deliver a punt, wow, did. And also there's an idea of clutch, that that clutch drive. It's always the last drive of the game. You're like, oh, my goodness, really? No. The clutch drive of the game can happen any time. On Saturday night, the clutch drive of the game was with 14.45 to play. Penn State's up one. They went nine plays, 75 yards. That was the Noah Kane touchdown, the 40-yard pass played at Brenton Strange. Okay. That made it an eight-point game. And at that point, that was the clutch moment right there. Auburn had just pulled within one on a field goal. You needed to do something. They did. And now Auburn's now fighting to get to overtime. I mean, because when the game's won, they're looking with their kicker, Carlson. Like, I mean, Carlson is a great leg. He is a fabulous place kicker. You're looking, hey, we're going to stop him here. We're going to get the ball back. And no matter how we drive it downfield, we'll get it close enough. Carlson will kick a field goal or we'll score a touchdown, one of the two. But we'll at least get a field goal, take the lead, win it. And instead, Penn State took the ball and went down the field all the way down. Now you forced Auburn. They had to go. Auburn had to get two scores just to get to overtime. It was one of the great misnomers in football. It's a one-score game. No, it's not a one-score game, okay? It's a two-score game. You gotta score twice. You gotta get six and you gotta get a two. And that's uh, and that's how big that drive was. Clutch is not the last drive of the game. It can happen at any moment. That drive to put them up eight, right after Auburn had got within one, that was the clutch drive of the game right there. Back with more in a moment on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Tough call here, Saquon. Would you really pick Auburn? No, I would never pick Auburn for one reason. We have the greatest fans in the country. I, I truly believe that the real whiteout, um, the, the fans going to come to play. Our defense is going to come to play. Um, I have Jahan Dotson going crazy. Penn State, we're going to get it done. Saquon Barkley, who knows how to perform big in whiteouts. 
really big in whiteouts. Saquon played great. Uh, next half hour, Dave Cicchini will talk about Penn. Bucknell actually got out to the lead in that game, and then Penn played well after that. So we'll talk to Dave about that next half hour. I will get to the story that we promised that uh, Matt wanted me to tell about the three-down thing. Yes, was I? did I know it was third down? Yes. All I have to do is listen to a tape of the broadcast. You know darn well we knew it was third down. I can't wait to hear this. It was like, you got to be kidding me. Well, I, I mean, I wasn't even going to talk about it today. But they won, so it's a funny story, so I'll tell it. <laughs> 